Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Energy Awareness Radio. Are you feeling stuck in your life? Do you know why? Do you know what it is that's holding you back? It's not only possible to identify what it is, but it's also possible to make the changes you need so you can transition to a life that you love living instead of living a life that you think you should be living. Big, big difference. Making the changes really isn't all that difficult either, so stay tuned to find out how you can do that. This is T-Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a reconnective healing practitioner, certified sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice, located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audio books and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest is life coach, motivational speaker, and author Alex Brady. Our topic for discussion is her newly released book, From Chaos to Clarity. In her work, Alex helps clients transform their lives by empowering them with personal development techniques, resources, and processes so they can take action to create and live the life they truly want to live rather than the one they've been led to believe they should be living. Hello, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Oh, thank you so much. I am uh, I am being great. <laughs> thank you for that wonderful well, I'm glad you introduction. Picked up on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are the first you know, person to ever ask me that. I I had to think when I was answering. I love it though. I'm going to adopt it. <laughs> well, it's what we are. We're not doing. What are we doing? We're being. You know, it's a big difference in that too. You know, this is a very simply stated, easy to read, back to the basics book. And I think there are a lot of people who sometimes forget the basics, though we may have been working on ourselves for years. So it's a great book for everyone, whether you're new to figuring out how to get unstuck or you've been unsticking yourself forever. It just seems to suit everyone because sometimes we do need to get back to the basics and say, oh, yes, I forgot about that. Uh, That's an easy thing to do. And it just helps to trigger and gets everybody unstuck. So kudos to you. Great book. Really like it. Very simple, easy read. Oh, thank you so much. Quick read, thank too. you. It's and not difficult. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And and that's such a compliment because that's exactly what I was trying to do is essentially create this book that is accessible and, you know, really is kind of a how-to so that people are not, you know, stuck up on sort of like this esoteric theory, right? It's sort of it's actionable and it's accessible and it's simple to understand. So I'm so glad that you took that away from it. Thank you. Well, and accessible is a great word. I wish I had come up with it because that is exactly what it is. You hit the nail on the head. It it definitely is something. It's so simple. You know, you can – I was reading it while I was using my tread climber, and it's the processes are there, the guides are there, and I like the fact that it says, now it's your turn. <laughs> like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> and, of course, I'm reading it for the show, so I'm not taking my turn, <laughs> but I'm reading it to just to, you know, go through and see what it is all about. But it really is something that is very accessible for anyone, as I said, even if you're just starting out, this is a perfect book to start out with because it's clear. A lot of them are not clear, but it does give you the guidelines that you need. Now, 
first, let's start with you because you have this high-paying job, you have a successful career, and you self-proclaim that this was the only professional thing you'd ever done in your life. So, you know, here you are doing great, and then you just decide one day to say, okay, I'm done, I quit, I'm taking a leap of faith, and I'm going to go follow my dream. How, how does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I have to say, um, I love how you put it because it, it definitely didn't happen quite as fast as that might make it sound. I mean, sometimes when we're telling our story, it sounds like we just made some random decision overnight, right? And I can assure you and, and the listeners that it took me a long time to make the decision to leave my uh, career behind um, what I was doing, probably uh, close to two years, actually, to make the decision. So it was a lot of, a lot of self-reflection and a lot of sort of examining what I wanted to do. But, I mean, the reason I ended up um, actually making the big change, so I had been in this corporate research career for 15 years. Um, I had made it to the top of my field. I mean, certainly from the outside, it looked like I kind of had it all going on, right? I had the big job Mm -hmm. and the clients, and it was very lucrative. But it wasn't that on the inside. So for me, it was essentially... It was really kind of miserable. Now, it didn't start out that way. Don't get me wrong. I I enjoyed this when I got into it. It's over time that this happened. And so here I am. I'm spending so much time and energy in this work, and I really was working incredibly long hours. I was on the road all the time, so I was away from my family. And the work over time just started to become not too meaningful to me. And I really wasn't feeling fulfilled, and I'm looking at this saying, well, okay, you're spending so much time and energy doing this, and yet it's really not, it doesn't mean much to you. Like, what are you doing here? And I kept asking myself the question, is this what you want your life to look like in 10 or 20 or 30 years from now? And I got to tell you, every time I asked that question, I literally wanted to curl up and get into the fetal position. And so Mm -hmm. when you're feeling like that about where your life is at, and for me, particularly my career, I mean, that's not a good place to be, obviously. And I, and I realized, you know, the longer I kept going along, and I did, I kept going along because, you know, I was good at this. It was lucrative. Why on earth would I do something different? But, of course, that's Einstein's definition of insanity, right? I'm doing the same thing right. over and over and expecting different results. And I really became that sort of, you know, we always see this little uh, visual like the hamster on the wheel. And I was burned out. I was pretty much miserable. And I got to the point where I knew something just absolutely had to change. And, of course, that meant that I had to make those changes. So I essentially, I hired a life coach of my own. I started on my own journey of self-discovery, and I didn't even know what that was going to look like. I just knew that, you know, maybe through coaching I could get sort of a different perspective, uh, which is, in fact, what I got, which was incredibly helpful because it helped me identify a lot of the limiting beliefs I've been walking around with, how to reprogram those, how to open up to other possibilities. And once I did this, and I started to really understand the key concept that We create our own lives. And that was a bitter pill for me to swallow at the time because I would say, well, what do you mean I created this? I don't even like it. Why would I have created something I don't like? (laughs) But, of course, we do. We do through the choices and the decisions that we make. And we do because sometimes we're operating from those limiting beliefs that are in our subconscious and we're simply not aware that they're there and that that's what's driving our decision-making at times. And so once I sort of had this newfound knowledge I knew I couldn't stay where I was. 
that it really was time for me to step out of what felt like darkness and into the light. And it was like, are you going to put the genie back in the bottle now that you've discovered all this? No, it's out. It's out there, baby. I, and I'm not putting it back in. And the more I know, the more I understand that I just cannot stay where I am. And so that was kind of the tipping point to, yep, it looks like I'm going to make a, a really pretty big move in my life. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that you said during that was that people have a tough time swallowing. They create their lives. That is very tough for people to swallow. They, you know, why would I create this? I do not want this. That's the first question you ask. It's because you don't realize what you're creating. You don't realize that you are the creator, you know, and once you get past that and you realize you are the creator, it's a lot easier to make the shifts that are necessary, but you have to swallow that pill first and and get that down. And I think a lot of people have a tough time with that. Now, Obviously, you're doing what you're meant to do, and and I do think it's fair to say that you did have advantages in figuring it out because through your own efforts, through your efforts, you were very successful, and you also were a saver so that you could quit your job to follow your dream. However, you know, not everyone has that opportunity available to them. Many people are are living paycheck to paycheck. They have families to support. They think they're never going to see their, their dream or be able to do something that they want to do. They might not be able to save because their jobs aren't necessarily all that lucrative. So what about those people? Do you have any advice for those people to help them get started on their way to having the life that they want, even though all these other things are in play and they fully believe that they can't? Yes, absolutely, and I know how that is, and and you're right. I was very blessed that I could take some time and just sort of figure things out, but lots of people are living paycheck to paycheck, and and I've been there too, so I know – yeah, I know how that is. Yeah, exactly. And so for those folks, I mean, here's what I would say. I mean, in that instance, you're not going to just quit your job, right? I mean, it does. it's not realistic to do that. In fact, you'll just make yourself more stressed out and more crazy. So you're going to stay where you are. But there's three things that you can start to do. So, I mean, the first thing is you've got to realize that you need to look at you and what's going on with you. Um, And so I always tell people, commit to devoting just a little time every day to the subject of you, even if it's only 10 minutes. Take the time to do your inner work, to take a small step every day on your personal development journey. And, you know, included in that is sort of getting clear on what it is you want, right? Getting really in touch with that because sometimes we're not, we just know that we don't want this, whatever this is right now. But you do need to get clear on what it is you actually do want before you can take steps forward. So, you know, and if you think that's difficult to sort of spend 10 minutes each day sort of in self-reflection or getting clarity on what you want to do, then I want to ask you sort of who do you think is going to turn your life around for you? Nobody's coming to do that for you. It's really up to you. So it is about spending some time with yourself. And I mean quiet time, turn off your devices, you know, forget about the TV, forget about Facebook, forget about Twitter or whatever social media you're on. I mean, really, it's about you. Um, And the second thing is be consistent. So when I say every day, I really mean it. It has a compound effect. Those little things we do every single day build on one another. And when you can do something positive for yourself, for your personal development every day, it will build over time and you will start to see some real, real results. And the third thing, and I think this one is really important, you know, if you're searching for that calling or their higher purpose or or sort of your passion, right, 
because a lot of us feel like we should have this passion in our lives or, you know, be fulfilling a purpose or be on purpose. And we can often feel very unfulfilled when we're not. Remember that it doesn't have to be your career or your vocation. You know, I think that's where people get tripped up is that, you know, even when they figure out, oh, I'm called to do this or I have a higher purpose in in doing that, they think they have to suddenly make money doing that. And that's not the case. I mean, sure, some people do that, but it can be a hobby that you love or it could mean getting involved in a charity or a cause that you feel passionately drawn to. Essentially, it's about what sparks motivation and desire with you and what drives you to want to be involved in something. And that can take any number of forms. You may end up, you know, if you figure that, you know, your passion is really sort of being with animals and working with animals, that may not mean that you suddenly quit your job and go work at an animal rescue. Maybe you just go once a week and volunteer your time there and essentially try it on. I mean, that's the other thing. When you're not in a position where you can just jump from one place to another, that you do need to have a plan for what's coming next, you want to try some of these things on as well and explore them to make sure that they are a good fit for you. So you can do all this incrementally and you don't have to go out and make money doing what you're calling or your high purposes. There's lots of different other ways that you can bring it into your life. And I agree with you. I think that there are things that people can do. First of all, the you time is so very important. People say, I don't have 10 minutes a day. Yes, you do. Put the devices down because most of the people who have all these devices are addicted to them. They won't admit the addiction because, no, I'm not addicted to it. Then why are you checking it every second of it? If you are aware of how many times you, you check it, you know, write down how many times you check your, your magic phone, the magic Etch-a-Sketch that you have, whatever these little devices are that you're using. Write it down, and you will see, oh, my God, I check these way too often. You will find 10 minutes. You will probably find a good hour in a day that you can do that. <laughs> yes. Seriously, because people are just on, they're texting way, 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 way too much. And then people do get tripped up by what's their passion. And that was something that came out in the 90s. Find your passion, and that's what you're meant to do. So everybody thought it meant that's what I meant to do for a living. And it's not. I mean, if you love, I'm a big knitter. People say, oh, you should just do that for a living. Well, because the time I put into this is a labor of love, and I do it for fun. Sometimes hobbies, when they become your work, are no longer fun. So you need Mm -hmm. to just incorporate. It's all about balance. And then when we do things that are in service for others, scientific studies show this, that's when your heart opens up. That's when your purpose comes forth and you realize, wow, if I'm in service and volunteering and giving back to the community in some way, find a charity, find, uh, you know, join a chamber of commerce or a rotary club or somewhere where you can volunteer and help other people, that is huge because that gives you an outlet. Whenever you bring joy to someone else, you automatically get joy yourself. And that's basically what you're here to do is find joy, give joy. It's real simple. It's an easy equation, and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a circle. It's a nice circle. If you, give, you get joy. If you get joy, you give joy. It's, just, it's a vicious circle that's just beautiful. So I think that people do get tripped up passion thing. You know, oh, that must be what I have to do for a living. I love to golf. Well, not everybody's a professional golfer. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I mean, amen to all of that because, yeah, you can, like you said, you're a knitter and you love to do it as a hobby, but the thought of you having to then sort of make money doing that, that that doesn't appeal to you. And I think there's a lot of things that we can point to that. I mean, for me, I like to sing as a hobby, but the thought of getting into that industry or trying to break into it or be part of that in a way that I would get paid for it, 
oh, no thanks. Like, I don't want to do that. But I derive a lot of satisfaction from singing in my own time and, and going to my singing lessons and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it really is important to recognize that, that you can have passions, but they don't necessarily have to be income producing. You know, you can get just as much right. satisfaction by bringing, by bringing fulfillment and fulfilling activities into your life, you know, outside of work as well. And I love the volunteering because that's a big one. You're, you're absolutely right. When you are of service, you get so much fulfillment out of that. I think we're all kind of sort of hardwired to do that. And sometimes we don't realize that. We don't realize that going to give an hour of our time, even if it's, you know, once a month um, to some sort of charity or organization or cause, um, will really kind of, you know, it'll light that fire inside of you. It'll really, you know, make you feel filled up. Um, you know, sort of fill your cup, as it were. And, of course, you're doing such a great thing. You're giving back. You're giving back, and you're, and you're getting a lot of fulfillment out of it. Oh, you're getting a tremendous amount because you become more creative and productive. You're a happier person, so you react differently to life. There are so many benefits to it. And, you know, as I said, scientific, scientific studies left and right to, to prove that. So, you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing when we talk about what kind of passion you know, what can we do with our passion and how we can turn it into something else. One of the questions up, uh, people IMing me um, on the side, and one of the questions, and this, I, someone asked me this last week, well, how do I know if I'm stuck? And I looked at my client and I said, the fact that you asked that question is key. <laughs> I'm stuck. If you have to ask that question, there's a key right, very telling, you know, that you are indeed stuck. And you know, that's something that people ask all the time. How do you respond to that? Well, I think it can, you know, being stuck can show up in different ways, right? There's sort of different sort of symptoms of it. So just to give you, you know, some examples and some um, ways that I've seen it show up with my clients, you know, if if your life simply is not moving in the direction you want it to and you're not sure how to change that, I think you're stuck. Um, if, like I was, you're living that Einstein's definition of insanity, right, mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over and expecting those different results, you are definitely stuck. And I think as well, if you have, you know, and I don't mean just days of this, but, you know, the odd day of feeling frustrated or anxious or whatever, but if you consistently over time have feelings of frustration, anxiety, you're feeling very burned out, stressed, overwhelmed, or you just simply know that there absolutely must be more to life than what you're experiencing, like it's got to be better than this, chances are you're stuck. Um, And I think, you know, it really does show up in different ways, but essentially when you boil it all down, it's that feeling that you literally just cannot get your life moving again, right? It sort of feels somewhat stagnant, that it's like same old, same old, and that's not where you want it to be. You don't want to be in that. I mean, sometimes same old, same old feels good. You like it, but if you don't like it and you you just cannot get it moving or get it moving in the way you want, that is you're stuck, and you need sort of a Kickstarter there to get you moving again. And I think a lot of people – you know, when they get on that negative road, you know, because when you start to get stuck, you start going down the rabbit hole and you're negative and they find that it's easy to be negative. And actually being negative is a lot of work. It's a lot of easy. It's a lot easier to be positive, but people don't necessarily see that. So many times people get stuck because they have this belief that they don't deserve. I hear this all the time. Why? How can I ask for that? I don't deserve that any more than someone else. And so my question is always, well, why do you not deserve it more than someone else? 
Why do you not deserve it? Tell me why you don't deserve it. Why do you think that person deserves it more than you? You're not that person. You don't know that person. You don't live their life. You know, you're not walking in their shoes. There's enough for everyone. All you have to do is ask. But the problem is not many people are asking. They're not putting things out there because they think if they put an order into the universe, if you will, that they're taking it away from someone else. And that's just as absurd as saying, well, I've been healthy for years. I think I'll, I should get sick for a while so someone else can be healthier. It doesn't work like that. No. It just doesn't work does. like that. Right. And when someone's coming from that place, they're really in that uh, mentality of lack um, which mm-hmm. is essentially in that negative emotion place, right? You're in that negative vibrational place if you're coming from lack. And it's exactly right. So, you know, so, and I've had people say to me, but, you know, I feel guilty if, you know, I have this, you know, beautiful car and beautiful home and I'm driving past homeless people. Right. But you having the home and the car doesn't mean that that person is homeless, right? It doesn't really change the equation. What are you going to do, make yourself homeless? That doesn't make anything better at all. There really is enough for everyone. And, you know, the way to sometimes look at that is to look at nature and to look at everything around you. I mean, when you look up at the sky at night, I mean, how many stars are up there, right? I mean, look at the trees around you. How many leaves are on the trees? I mean, there's just too many to count, right? It's the same in our world, too. So we are surrounded by this nature around us, and the abundance is apparent all around us. We can point to things in our life. Just walk outside, and you'll see abundance. And so it's realizing that that abundance exists for us as human beings as well, because the universe does provide. There is enough to go around. So when you are, you know, making that decision or asking for something, it absolutely does not mean that you are taking it away from someone else. If someone else wants that thing too, they're going to get it as well. Uh, you know, there's plenty. I mean, look at just even how our marketplace works, right? I mean, there's so many. I mean, I'm a coach, right? How many coaches are there? If I had decided that, oh, well, you know what, there's already several thousand coaches out there. Everybody's doing that already. I'm not going to do it. Then I wouldn't be serving, right? I wouldn't be doing this because I would have said, oh, well, there's not room for me because there's already so many people doing it. No, there is. There's enough room because what I'm coaching people on is different and what I bring to the table is different from everybody else. And we all have those unique gifts and talents within us. So, I mean, the other way to look at this is when you don't step into what you are meant to do or you don't ask for what you truly, really want, you're actually depriving other people of giving them your gifts, you know, sharing your gifts and your talents and your knowledge and your know-how with the world. So think of it that way because I think that that can sort of tip you into, oh, yeah, okay, I hadn't really thought of it that way before. I guess I do have something to bring to the table. And if I don't, then I'm basically just hiding my light, right? I'm hiding it behind the bushel instead of shining it bright so that other people can benefit. Yeah, a lot of times people will say, well, there's just so many people doing this. And I'll say, look, I live in New Jersey. It's the most litigious state in the country. Pick up a rock, rock, we're going to hit an attorney. There's like, instead of being one attorney for every three people, there's probably three attorneys for every one person, and yet they're all thriving. <laughs> you kids enough mm-hmm. for everyone. You know, <laughs> it just kind of works. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, yeah, I think people just, it's really sad because, uh, 
you wouldn't be doing what you were doing if you decided, oh, there's so many. I mean, there's a ton of life coach. Part of what I do is life coach work. You know, you're dealing with people if they have issues with positive psychology. It's all the same thing. It's just semantics. But everybody, there's enough for everyone, and you, and we need to share. And the fact that, you know, if you are going to the theater, and this has happened to me, you know, going to New York City and going to the theater, and the tickets are not cheap, and you're walking by people who live in refrigerator boxes, and your heart goes out to them. You can't fix their life, but you can do something to give back, and that's sharing. So when you find a charity that you like or something that resonates with you and you want to give to a specific cause, you're helping, and your vibration staying high as it is is helping everyone else on this planet with their vibration. So it's tough for people when they're first starting out to think, well, I have this and that person doesn't. I should do something. Sure, but it doesn't have to be directly for that or even that cause. Do it for another cause if that one doesn't resonate with you. It's all out there. You're putting out all good vibrations. It's just energy. And you can't you can't dissolve energy. Energy can only be changed. It cannot be created, be destroyed. It can only be changed. So shift energy. And when people get that and they start to do it, they start to see results very, very quickly. And that's that's good because then they're helping everyone else, not just themselves. You know, so I think their attitude has an awful lot to do with it as well. Oh, of course, of course, because, you know, I mean, it truly is. If you're in that place where, you know, you feel you're, you're in those sort of what we call those lower vibrating emotions, right? There's this emotional spectrum and sort of on the lower end of it are things like powerlessness and feeling worthless and disappointment and sadness and regret and, you know, frustration, all those things, anxiety. When you're in that place, you're vibrating with that energy and you attract things into you, people and things and situations that essentially perpetuate that. You're basically, if you think about it as a radio signal, you're sending out a signal that then gets matched by the same signal. So if we're, you know, really just, ugh, we're in such a bad mood, everything seems to be going wrong for us all day long, guess what? It's going to keep happening if you stay in that place. If you keep feeling so kind of like, ugh, why does this always happen to me? You know, that sort of victim place, right? But if you're in those higher vibrating emotions, so on that other end of the emotional scale, there are emotions like joy and happiness and freedom and empowerment and enlightenment, right? If you're in that place where you are feeling hopeful and optimistic and courageous, guess what? That's what you attract into your world. You attract people and things and situations that reflect that. And so... You know, when people say, oh, well, success begets success or misery loves company, those cliches are actually true because of that sort of that attraction, right, that you're that sort of magnetic field that your energy has. You're basically attracting back to you what you put out there, just like a boomerang. Exactly. And I think that um, people you know, they, they kind of get that, they grasp that because it's been around for a long time that, you know, law of attraction, the secret and all that stuff. But what I think people find challenging is change. No one likes change because that takes them out of their comfort zone. So now I have to change. I have to change and do something that I'm afraid of. There's a little bit of fear. There's discomfort. And they don't necessarily want to do something because change is hard and they're afraid of the unknown. Do you agree with that? Yes, and it's a very common, I mean, it's, it, well, it's human nature for us to be in that place, right? I mean, it really is kind of that, 
um, you know, it's the amygdala part of your brain, that lizard part of your brain that goes into fight or flight. Um, and it gets activated when, there, when change comes up, right? Because change in our environment, if you go back to sort of, you know, uh, you know, really early times. I mean, change in environment is, you know, imagine, um, you know, the antelope on the Serengeti and change in the environment could mean that a lion has come up, right? And now I'm basically facing a life or death situation. So I got to run, right? I, I got to take flight and I got to run because this change is going to have an adverse impact on my um, life and on my uh, my environment. And so we're programmed still with that kind of really basic primitive reaction. And when we want to make change or we are about to make change or we're even contemplating it, that comes in. And what happens often is the fear will show up as that negative chatter that we all know so well, right? So I think you probably know what I'm talking about. You have a great idea. Mm-hmm. And the minute you have it, in, all you can hear in your head is, are you nuts? What will people think? You can't do that. I mean, well, what would it take to do that? That's like, oh, that's so hard. I mean, if you did that, then you'd have to give up this. And, uh, you know, what what else? I mean, this is just nuts. Go back to what you were doing, right? And if you allow that voice to be real, then you will stay stuck. That will definitely keep you in your comfort zone, and it will definitely keep you in that fearful place. And that basically is that sort of fight-or-flight instinct coming up. And it's that chatter is coming from your ego, which has that sort of self-preservation aspect to it. But the key there is to realize what it is, right, that that voice is not real. And to be able to quiet that voice, and sort of put it off to the side and say, yep, I hear you. You've been saying the same stuff for quite a while now. I got it. (laughs) But maybe you can just try to take a back seat for a moment because there is another voice inside of us that we can tap into. And unlike that negative chatter which comes in uninvited and is very loud, that other voice is our true self, our real self. Some people call it their divine self or their higher self. And that voice has to be invited in. And it's really a quiet voice. It's a soft voice. It's an embracing voice. So when you can quiet that negative ego chatter, you can connect to that true self. And that is the place where you get all the answers to your question. That is the part of you that knows what's right for your higher good. And in fact, in the book, From Chaos to Clarity, I have a you know a whole chapter devoted to you know, this idea of ego versus, um, you know, your higher self, your divine self. And not only that, but how do you actually do it? How do you actually connect to that higher self part of you so that you can get back in touch with that part of you that does have the answers, that does know what your higher good is and where you should be headed? And that helps you to get right out of your, you know, it helps you to go into your discomfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. you find that that would, those usually are the times when you find the most joy. And if you can just go back historically and say, all right, when else in my life did something like this come up and I took a leap of faith and what happened? It makes it a little bit easier because you realize, yeah, I trusted my gut then and it worked out. Why am I not trusting my gut now? But the interesting thing is that, you know, sometimes we have things in us. It's not just taught from parents and some teachers and mentors and, you know, when Sometimes we comes in. I don't know if you're familiar with the. Um, there was a recent study that what was it? It was in Atlanta. The uh, the Emory University School of Medicine down in Atlanta. They 
realized from research that it is possible for some of the to be inherited biologically through chemical changes that occur in our DNA. I was fascinated by this. And during, they did some tests, and during the tests they found out that mice can pass on learned information about traumatic or stressful cancers. So in, in the case of the mice, it was a fear of the smell of cherry blossoms to subsequent generations. And I thought this is fascinating because we don't realize that we have, that we need to get past. We think it's just things that we took on. And it is, but it took time that we don't realize because it's been passed generationally. And they're just figuring this out now. So that makes this work, reading your book, getting the book from chaos to clarity and going through the so much more important because you'll get rid of the things that you have on the surface, let's say, or the things you think that are underneath. And once you get rid of those, other things will start to come up and you can start to get rid of those too. I found that recently fascinating. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I have heard about that research. And, it I mean, when you hear that, that it's sort of in our DNA, you know, sometimes that can feel like, oh, well, then I guess I just have to live with it. It's genetic, so I yeah. can't change yeah. it. But that's not true. And it's the same with your subconscious beliefs, right? I mean, I think that's where you're also headed there is, you know, yes, we could deal with the stuff that we see on the surface, but there is underneath the surface, just like an iceberg, right, where just the tip of it is above the water, and most of it, I mean, your subconscious mind is 85 to 90%. It's below the surface. And all those beliefs, you know, that either they are in our DNA or we picked them up when we were kids, because that's where a lot of those subconscious beliefs come from, that, you know, we basically just absorbed and observed as children. That's what we're meant to do. So we're doing that, you know, we're hearing our parents talk. Maybe it's teachers, maybe it's siblings, whatever it is. And there's no blame here. It's just about understanding where it came from. That all got programmed into us. And unless we actually pause and essentially look under the surface to see what are the beliefs that I'm carrying around and are they actually serving me well? Because so many of them are not, right? Maybe they were at one point, but they aren't anymore. Or maybe they've never served you well, but you just didn't know that they were there. Um, you know, a classic one that so many people grapple with is money, right? So they'll say, well, I really want to make money. But I'm not, and I just, whatever I do, I just can't seem to get or hold on to money. Well, usually with that, there's some kind of limiting belief going on, right, underneath the surface. And maybe it's, you know, you heard from your parents when you were young, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, there's, money is scarce. Um, or maybe it's about, you know, attitudes towards rich people. You know, maybe you heard in your household that, you know, oh, rich people are dishonest or rich people are nasty. And here you are consciously declaring that you want to become rich or you want to become wealthy and make this money, but subconsciously you're not, you're not there, right? And so that subconscious, because it's 85%, it's going to override your conscious desire and it's going to keep you stuck in place and it's going to base it, you're going to sort of, even though you want to move towards that wealth, that thought that, you know, but rich people are dishonest and rich people are nasty and I don't want to be that way, that will keep you stuck in place. So it's really important to uncover what's going on there. And as I always say, sort of peeling back the onion, right? Because when mm -hmm. you peel back the initial layer, 
you get, you know, you see it, but there's more to it, right? So the more you peel it back, the more you can really get right to the core of it. And, you know, again, I have a chapter that um, really goes at that head on and, and provides a process for how do you, how do you identify what those limiting beliefs are and how do you release them? And then, of course, importantly, replace them with liberating beliefs with beliefs that allow you to move forward that are aligned with consciously where you want to go so that now your conscious desire and your subconscious belief are aligned. And so you'll find a lot more forward momentum when that's happening than when they're working at odds with each other because that's a big, you know, when they're at odds, that's a big contributor to you, of course, staying stuck. Yeah, and you really have to get to that point. I mean, Thomas Jefferson said it best, you know, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And that's absolutely true, you know. Um, And then as far as rich people, I mean, I was always told, well, they're the chosen ones. And I used to think, really, I want to be a chosen one. So I didn't listen to it. It didn't, you know, it was like, you know, okay, I'm going to change that. Immediately when I used to hear that, it's like, they're the chosen ones? Okay, well, I want to be chosen. Uh, How do you get into that classification? I want to be in that category. And worked my butt off to do so. And, you know, and I have to say, you can change anything if you're spunky enough to do it or if you realize, no, that doesn't sit right with me. That's a lot easier to change than some of the other things. Right now, this winter, I don't know where you're located. Where are you located, Alex? I'm in Las Vegas. You're in Las Vegas. Okay, I'm in Jersey, okay? So here I am in New Jersey, and we're having a really wonderful fall. Winter hasn't started yet, and it's been 54 degrees, and this is not normal. It's going to be 65 on Christmas Day. And people here, they're saying, you know, yeah. It's not normal. I'd like to see some snow. You know, I mean, that's just me. (laughs) I like it to be a little bit cooler, and it's not. So thus far this winter, I've heard people saying, oh, my God, this is so great. I love it. We're going to get slammed. We're going to get slammed. We're going to get slammed. So much so that just yesterday I was speaking with a uh, positive psychology professional, okay? She she teaches this. She teaches classes in this, and she said, I have to admit, I'm a little bit worried. And I said, oh, don't go down that road. You know, we are being rewarded for all the slamming that we have already had to endure. Think Hurricane Sandy. Think Snowmageddon. Mm -hmm. Think the two years of Siberian winters that we have. I can tell by which coat I had to wear. And I'm telling you that the cleaning tag is off of the last coat because last winter I wore it a lot and I have to bring it to the cleaners before it it gets cold again. And people just aren't used to looking it, taking that perspective and shifting it. They're used to always going down the negative road because of the, you know, fear factor. You know, it's either fight, flight, or fear, and it's easier to do that because it's what they're accustomed to. So what tips do you have to get people to switch from, okay, you're saying we're going to get slammed, other than having someone like me say, no, let's look at it a little bit differently. What can they do themselves that could could potentially become automatic for them to switch gears and reframe properly. Yeah, I think, well, very simple process. I mean, and the first part of it, though, is that you have to recognize that you get to choose your thoughts and feelings, right? They're not just these, you know, if we let them, they're all default, right? And we are hardwired in our brain to default into the negative. And it goes back to that whole primitive, um, you know, right. oh, my gosh, I need to survive. Um, you know, here's a lion coming to get me, right? You are hardwired to sort of default into the negative. That's why, you know, the negative headlines sell, because that's the stuff that we right. are paying more attention to, right? So, but here's the thing. That's all default. That's all autopilot programming, okay? So you can choose your thoughts. 
And when you come from that place, it's incredibly empowering because you can take any situation and basically say, which thought feels better? Okay, so if something happens, so let's say I was, you know, expecting to get a job offer or something and it doesn't happen and I am so deflated over this because I really thought that this was it. I can either choose to, you know, walk down the path of, oh, maybe I'm not good enough or they didn't like me or, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm so, you know, discouraged. I'm just going to give up, right? I mean, it's easy to walk down that road. But you can look at it a different way. The other way to look at it is, well, maybe this wasn't the right fit for me. Even though I, I thought it was, something better is coming. It, it's not this. This is not the thing for me. Something better is coming. And in going through this process, guess what? I learned a lot. I did more interviewing. That's going to help me when I go for my next interview. And I'm learning from this, and I'm moving on. I chalk it up to experience, and I'm moving on. Which of those thoughts feels better to you, right? Mm -hmm. And which of them takes you in, it keeps you, takes you and keeps you in that sort of those higher vibrating emotions we were talking about earlier, which of course then attracts good stuff to you versus which set of thoughts takes you down that road of the lower vibrating emotions where you just start to attract more and more of that. So it's essentially like two-step process. Number one, realize you get to choose your thoughts and feelings. Number two, ask yourself which thought feels better. And, and run them through your head because I know they'll come in. Certainly those negative ones, does that feel better to me? No, that definitely does not. That is taking me on a downward spiral. So what is the thought that feels better that I can start to shift my perspective and look at this from a different angle? Yeah, and I think it's all awareness. You know, it's difficult for people sometimes to raise that awareness level with all the chaos that's going on in their own lives. And it, it's, that's something you need to practice. Practice the awareness of how you feel. We're not taught to do that. No one teaches people to feel. They just teach people to react and to do what they should be doing. And should is a word that should be eliminated from the vocabulary because we should not be shooting. You know, we really should do what we want to do. We need to do what we are here to do. And we don't, if we're not aware, we can't get to that point. So you have to practice these things. I've had clients who have said, you know, I did what you said for a week, but it wasn't that effective. And I'd say, did you write it down? Well, no, I didn't do that. Well, I asked you to write it down. Oh, and I asked you to ask yourself a bunch of questions each time. Yeah, I didn't do that. I thought I could skip it. Okay, well, now you're not being compliant. So if you're not going to do it properly, you're probably not going to have the effects. Do you really want to change? And awareness to me is the key thing. If you can stop it dead in its tracks and reframe, there you go. You know, and I think your book succinctly tells this by putting people through a process and saying, here's the questions you need to ask. Now, think about this. And there are forms to fill out if you want to, and there are questions you can ask, and you don't need to write anything down if you don't have to. But your book is definitely a guidebook in order to show people how to get from stuck to unstuck relatively quickly. It is relatively quickly. It's just a matter of practicing it. And if they truly want to do this and they want to raise that awareness, because this has been out there for years. People have written books on how to you know, get unstuck under various names and some high-level people. But your book is one that people can believe more, I think, because, first of all, you're not a well-known author yet. 
and you're telling your story and you're saying how the process is. And it's so simple to understand. It's understated. It's not like, well, now look at me now, because people will say, well, that's just luck when you talk about, you know, Wayne Dyer and, and Louise Hay and all these other people. Well, they got lucky. They got lucky because they created it. You got lucky because you created it, but they see it and it's like, okay, she's not tops right now in, in this field, but look at if it happened to her, it can happen to me too. And I think that's vitally important that people understand that and realize that you are a normal person who just decided to, you know, okay, I'm going to look at my life a little bit differently. I'm going to write a book to help other people. And it is helpful because of the way that it's written, because of the process, because I'm sure you went through this yourself in order to figure it all out. You didn't just sit down one day and say, I'm going to write a book and tell people what to do. You had to do this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and so the processes that I provide in there and the different exercises, I mean, that's all stuff that I did myself. And and because it worked, that's why I wanted to share it because it took me a long time to get myself unstuck. And I just, you know, after sort of realizing, okay, and getting that self-awareness and working through all this, I thought, you know, I can provide a shortcut. Not everybody has to labor over this like I did. And so, yeah, I mean, you're right. In terms of reading through the book, you can read it from start to finish um, and not do the exercises, but you're not going to get the results, right? Just like you're saying to your clients, well, did you do this or did you do that? No, I thought I could skip over them. So I do say to folks, like, if you're serious and you really do want to get the benefit out of this, do the little exercises at the end of each chapter because that's the whole point. I mean, you can um, read the book and you'll, you know, you'll get more knowledge and you'll get ideas and all the rest of it. And and you'll certainly become more aware. But unless you actually do some of that work yourself, then it's not going to have the desired results. Right. And, you know, I'm almost reluctant to call it work because, you know, when we hear the word work, it's like, oh, another thing I have to do. But people, this is about you. It's your life right? And you can have a little bit of fun with it, right? I mean, when you're digging around looking for those limiting beliefs, I mean, that can seem like, you know, oh, it's kind of depressing what I'm finding in here or whatever. But you can also have a little bit of a laugh at yourself and you can say, oh, so that's why this thing didn't work out over here. Because basically the whole time that I was trying to do it, I was self-sabotaging myself. Great. Okay. Well, guess what? Now I know that. So don't dwell on the fact that it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that that's what's going on. It's like embrace it, be thankful for it, because you just got information that is empowering because now you know what it is and you have the power to change it. So when you uncover these things about yourself, it's, it is pure empowerment. That's what it is. I mean, yes, you can decide that you want to dwell and sort of, um, you know, sort of languish in the, oh, gosh, I can't believe that, like, it's been this way for so long, blah, blah, blah. Or you can say, okay, got it. This is really helpful information. Now I know how to change things because now I know where I'm coming from. And now I know that, you know, instead of creating by default or on autopilot, I can be a deliberate creator. I can specifically set out to do what I want to do. And I have the guide to be able to do it. Yes. And, you know, sometimes people will, will start to go down that road and I'll say, okay, so how's the pity party going anyway? You know, how many people are invited? <laughs> and they'll be like, what? And I'll say, it's a solo event. We're not doing it here today. We don't have here, but you can have it at home if you want, you know. But one of the things is I, I, people will say, this is so much work. And I'll say, no, this isn't work. These are tools. 
These are tools for you to use so that you will not work so hard in your life. Don't look at it as weird. It's tools. I have had pictures hung in my office. And I remember hanging one one day, and I didn't have the hammer. So I took off my stiletto, and I used the heel. It worked, but I didn't have a It took longer. It was work to make it work. Had I had a hammer, that thing would have been up in, you know, two seconds flat. But, no, I was using my stiletto. Now, how stupid is that? But I didn't feel like walking down the hall to get the hammer. So I was just like, all right, this works. If you have the proper tools, anything is easy. So here's a reframe. Rather than people saying, you know, it's work, just say it's the tools. And once you get good at it, just like you said, you will be able to, when you're digging through and looking for those beliefs, and sometimes beliefs will come up, and I'll be doing something, and I'll say, oh, there's a belief I need to get rid of, and I will actually laugh, and I'll say, okay, that's gone. And you can do that. You can get rid of it immediately because you understand that didn't even make sense, how quickly it changes once you practice this and do this. And your book is just very good at being able to do that. So I, I would suggest to anyone who's out there, if you're stuck, this is a good book to get to just get it, read it, do the processes, learn them so that you can do them off the cuff without having to go to the book. And, you know, it's a nice gift to give someone because if you're stuck and you know someone else is stuck, sometimes it's easy to do things together, you know, with someone else so that you're accountable, more accountable because you feel like, well, they're doing it, I have to do it. So it can actually be a, a good tool to use with a friend. And that could end up giving you and your friend a wonderful 2016 going in. So you might as well, you know, pick it up. And it's not a long read. It's like 125 pages or something. And it's a very quick read. And there's very good information in here that's unlike other information because of the way that it's written, because it's written easily and simply stated. And you can do it, and it's not time-consuming. I think that's key, too today that what you're offering is not time consuming it will actually save people time oh yeah amen sister i mean yes i didn't want to write some long drawn out thesis tome you know <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i know because here's the thing no one would read it so it would be completely no, that's right. you know it's <laughs> like hey make it a quick read then people will actually read it you know they'll actually pick it up and go oh wow okay it doesn't look intimidating you know sometimes you pick up these books and it's like oh my god well i guess i'll wait until i'm on my summer vacation to read that and then by the time your summer vacation rolls around it's like ugh, i don't want to read a big thick book forget it you know and it just sits and gathers dust so no it's not like that it's very thin it's very fast to read and i mean you could read it in like a day or too um it, it, even when you're working through the exercises too yeah exactly yeah very beneficial so you know it's in the book again is from chaos to clarity getting unstuck and creating a life you love the author is who we're speaking to tonight alex brady so go ahead and check out now i have your website alex as alexbradybooks.com is that correct um alex actually it's alex brady um and it's alexbrady.com so it's A-L-E-X-B-R-A-T-T-Y.com. Yeah, so that's my website. If anyone wants to contact me, um, I am a coach and a speaker. And actually, as part of my radio tour, I'm offering to your clients um, a free 20-minute consultation. So if anybody out there, any of your listeners, sorry, not your clients, your listeners, excuse me, um, if any of your listeners are out there and they're feeling like they're stuck or they're feeling you know, burned out, overwhelmed, stressed, whatever, um, you know, if you want to get in contact, 
with me, just go to my website, alexbratty.com, and the book, From Chaos to Clarity, Getting Unstuck and Creating a Life You Love, is available on Amazon. Uh, just you know, type in From Chaos to Clarity in the search bar, and it will come right up. And it's on there any which way you like it, paperback, Kindle, and audio as well. That is, and that's a huge offering too. So, you know, listeners, 20 minutes to speak with her. That's huge. You may want to take advantage of that. I would. You know, that's really huge. What a great gift, especially at this time of the year. You were almost out of time, Alex. Thank you so, so very much. If you would hang on while I do the outro, I'd like to speak to you in the green room and just see how uh, you felt the show went. Um, if you could do that for me, that would be great. I'll have you off by seven, I promise. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Love your energy, and it's really been an honor to be here. And it's been an honor to have you as well. Thank you so much. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily in the, the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make a better world a better place for everyone. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts with the Quartz Crystal Singing Bowls and the Labyrinth Walks. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I got a roof over my head I got a warm place to sleep So that's all I Within a city of strangers
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.